Hi, I'm Missy Gannon, and you're listening to the Anside Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Anside Podcast, the show that talks about all things disc golf. From weekend rounds for your mates to the pro tour over in the States, we've got you covered all from an amateur perspective. As always, we're your hosts, Rob and Dale. Dale, why don't you tell the listeners what they can expect from the show this week? Yes, we're in the second week of FPO Appreciation Month. You all gave Cynthia some love. Um, you know, the episode did fantastically. And, you know, it, we, we were talking this week about how it's one of the best things that we have created because the love we have seen for the FPO community is awesome. This week's guest does not disappoint. We've got Missy Gannon. Um, it was great to sit down and talk to her. Um, she had some fantastic views about where she thinks that the uh, female uh, professional open of the sport is going. Um, so it is great to, to speak with her. We've also had the Masters Cup and a, uh, a winner that we haven't seen this year so far on the tour. So, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that. Awesome. I cannot wait to jump into that. Some great topics and an awesome guest. Um, and not to give too much away, we go into maybe how Dale might be changing a putter uh, here or there in the future. So that's a great opportunity to talk about uh, the first sponsor of the show, which is discub.co.uk. So if you fancy, this, after listening to this show, you fancy changing up your putter or buying any new plastic, make sure you head over to discub.co.uk, use the link in our socials and use our code AMSIDE5 to get yourself 5% off your next order. Also, lots of love to backhand disc golf. So uh, it's been beautiful weather here in the UK over the last week. I know I've been out in my shorts and a t-shirt and uh, I've been wearing my backhand gear with pride. It's, uh, it's phenomenal to play in. It's nice and sweat wicking, which is very important with, uh, with us Brits not being used to 20 degree heat. Um, so don't, make sure you go check them out over on backhand-discgolf.com. And uh, yeah, see what they have, off to, have to offer and use our code AMSIDE10 to get yourself 10% off anything you purchase with them. And of course, uh, this month is FPA month with Throw Pink. And just want to, just from me and Dale, huge thank you to Throw Pink for all the support they're doing uh, with us over the month. Yeah, we can't thank those guys enough. The show would not be possible without every single one of them. Um, it, you know, it keeps this show going. It really supports us. So go and support them. Uh, you're supporting us in the, at the same time. But Rob, Masters Cup, Santa Cruz, California. Um, Adam Hammes taking down the win. I bet you are pleased. So uh, I don't know if we mentioned on the show before, a couple of weeks ago we played Creeksey. You almost lost your Hammes Wasp. I Bet you're pleased you kept on hold of that one because uh, you know the the the, the guys are <laughs> the guys are winner. You know most of the guys on the tour are winners regardless of taking the top spot. But Hamez officially a winner, um, and what what a performance! I think it was 14 under on day one, just uh, pulling in some awesome numbers, and yeah, he kept the lead, and that's that's how you win disc golf, right? You get the lead, then you keep the lead. Um, so yeah, it was, it was it was great to see his performance. Obviously, I've mentioned before, you know, Santa Cruz, it's over on the wrong side of America for my sleeping patterns. So uh, some tired eyes the next uh, the next day after the uh, tournament had finished. But again, you've just had a baby, so you know all about tired eyes. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was great to watch. It's nice, it's nice to see that we had sort of a big chunk of disc golf at the beginning of the season where all people were talking about was the wind and the rain. 
it's nice to see the polar opposite of that which is beautiful sunshine maybe some dry ground which is going to cause some pretty skippy shots but um i know a lot of players use that to advantage and uh, they definitely did this weekend yeah it's a course it's a dry course um you know if your deer skips you're going down you know the edge of pretty much a cliff um i i generally think that um it has one of the nicest holes in disc golf i think the first signature hole really in our sport um you know it was the fourth at that you got 157 meters straight down off a mountain uh, to a basket way below your feet and they've shortened it this year to make it a little bit harder i'd say because people were just throwing an easy spike hyzer land it close to the basket where we're seeing different shots but that's one course um sorry, that's on my bucket list that's on that's on there with maple hill and stuff like that because that looks like a fun track. I think it's really interesting what you talk about, sort of uh, signature holes. Um, this this is a test to uh, to the true listeners of the show. Uh, go over on social media, go on our Instagram, and message us what your favourite signature hole on tour is. Um, because I agree, it's a beautiful hole, uh, and this weekend, and it was definitely great to watch uh, the, the, these sort of top class athletes uh, how they play it. But I know there's a few out there, and uh, I think it's 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 great to see that pretty much week on week there is one hole which is uh, sort of stands out from the rest. Um, one thing you mentioned is they shorten the hole. Now that's really interesting because a lot of the time you'd think that a shortening a hole just makes the hole easier, but it does force people to think about how they have traditionally played that hole. Um, and sometimes I know I played a tournament a few weeks ago, and actually the red holes I found slightly harder than blue holes because you would say you 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 were closer to a certain tree for example so you had to really think about angle play rather than just do i have a big enough arm to vomit to the basket so yeah shortening a hole isn't something you hear about too much but it's it's interesting to see it does change up how the uh how the game's played yeah you're right you know when we play those shorter holes you have got to think about it a bit differently it's all about that touch it's not about how far you can throw but you know that hole in particular it's still 157 meters but you're throwing straight downhill. You know, I think those guys were throwing, you know, putters and mid-ranges because where the elevation difference is. And, you know, when you come to signature holes, you're right, every course does have that one hole that does stand out. But I think this week it was nice not to be on a bloody golf course because, you know, it was nice to have a proper disc golf course, purpose-made, um, where we're not just seeing how far the biggest person on tour can throw. You know, it was to do with skill. And I think that's where Hammers came out for the win because, you know, you talk about the wasp, but it's built for that. It's built for those shots, you know. He, he wouldn't have it as a signature. Otherwise, you know, he, he uses it all the time. He absolutely loves that disc. So does I. I mean, I mean, I don't throw one. You know, I'm not a big fan of beaded discs. Uh, but yeah, I've seen you throw some beautiful lines with it. As have I seen uh, uh, Hammers himself throw some beautiful lines with it. I'm, uh, I'm not comparing you two. Um, I think one's better at disc golf, but we'll, we'll uh, leave that to who I believe is better at disc golf. Um, well, there's one thing that me and him have in common that you don't. What's and that? That is we have, a, we have a win. You have a win. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, also a bit of love over here on the, U, uh, the UK scene. You're absolutely right. It's great to see a purpose-built uh, sort of disc golf course that isn't alongside a golf course um shout out to the weekend we've just had which was the north devon open as well that was a course they put in specifically for the weekend um 
again, a lot of great uh, elevation. Actually, a lot of sort of comparisons that you could uh, take between the between the two tournaments. Um, I know a lot of the people over here in the UK scene had a huge amount of fun sort of camping. And uh, I mean, I'm sure alcohol was consumed over there uh, in Devon uh, and very jealous that I was, uh, wasn't able to get over there. I've, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly more northbound than I have been in the future. Yeah, definitely. But let's move away from that and go to uh, the FPO scene where we have seen another Paige Pierce win and likely story, a Katrina Allen second. Um, you know, another great performance from Paige. I think she could have won by more, um, but still an awesome performance. Yeah, you, you know what? I think, you know, we've, we've spoken in the past about sort of Paige going to Hawaii and sort of what's she doing on her off time and why is she not in certain events. I think she's spending her whole time listening to the Amside podcast because she must have heard us sort of, sort of questioning where she was. This wasn't the Paige Pierce that we were used to seeing. Uh, and I think that we've, we've, I think we can take full responsibility, full credit for riling her up and, uh, and, and, and getting these, uh, these wins under her belt this season. And, and it's an incredible run. Um, I think that she is running for Worlds. Uh, she's got it in her sights. Obviously, she's taken down a couple of, uh, couple of bigger tournaments this year. Um, so who knows? Six times versus the five she currently has. Be interesting to see her take one more than Paul Macbeth. You know, uh, it's, so currently they're, they're both sitting on, a, sitting on the, the magical number five. But it'd be interesting to see if Paige could sort of, uh, sort of uh, overcome Paul uh, or even they might get one each this year. Who knows? But you are right as well. Katrina Allen pulling in the second spot. And yes, she probably wants to be hitting that first button. Like, I'm sure there's slight frustration. But she's there every single week in that top spot. You never have to scroll down too far at all to see her name. She's normally right up there. Um, just a quick shout out. And this is going to be surprising coming from me. Is I had to scroll down way too far to see where Calvin Heimberg was after the first round. Way too far. I thought he'd pulled out. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was all the way back. So, um, like, yeah, I think uh, some pros had a slightly more challenging uh, weekend this weekend and uh, had to claw some something back across the days. But, like I said, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's what it could be any weekend could be a different show based on the course, based on the weather, based on what you really thrive within. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, that's what makes the show great is that every week there's going to be something new to talk about. And uh, something I want to congratulate you on, you didn't quite pick the winner, but you picked Juliana Corva to be up there and fair play to her coming in third with uh, Alexis, or I'm going to try and get this right, Alexis Majahando. Um, you know, wow, what a performance from her. I mean, she's a she's a winner. Just inherently, she's a winner, right? She's 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 a world beater. Um, I, I, I've listened to her on various other podcasts, and surely she has that fighting spirit. So uh, I knew that if she was bothering entering these tournaments after sort of being a bit quieter on the scene in the last uh, few years, you know, she's going there to to try and take it down. Um, and I think she's now signed up for worlds as well. So she's definitely going to be at worlds because. Uh, Obviously, she's, uh, she's not done yet. And uh, I hope to see her do good things uh, over that weekend as well. Yeah, completely agree. Um, again, another awesome weekend of disc golf. Um, but this week's guest, Missy Gannon, um, we had the chance to sit down with her as part of FPI Appreciation Month. 
Um, and what a what a chat we had with her. Uh, we had great fun. But um, let's, let's delve straight into it. So let's go to past Robindale and um, see what she had to say. Missy, welcome to the Amside podcast. And thank you for being the second guest on uh, our FPO month. How are you doing? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm great. It's, uh, I'm in beautiful Santa Cruz, so can't really complain about that. <laughs> I wish I was in Santa Cruz. I'm currently in the north and it is raining and it's cold. Oh, no. I'm in a hoodie. So um, yeah, I'm uh, very jealous of you right now. <laughs> um, so just in case uh, any of our listeners haven't heard of Missy Gannon, can you give them a quick uh, sum up of who you are and what you're doing out there in the disc golf world? Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so my name is Missy Gannon. I'm a full-time touring professional disc golfer. Um, I've been on tour since about 2018. And yeah, I'm really, um, I'm, I'm part of Team Discraft. And uh, yeah, I, that's pretty much it. I'm doing this for a living and it's really amazing. And uh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, um, we'll come into you starting to tour uh, a little bit later, but why don't you let all of our listeners know exactly how we got into disc golf? Um, you know, we've, everyone has, has given their story about how they found the love for the sport, but how did you? Yeah, so um, I figured out the sport uh, through my friends. They moved out to Colorado. I'm originally from New York, and disc golf in my area wasn't really like a big thing. I had never really heard about it. Um, but then a few friends of mine moved from New York to Colorado and we went out and visited them and they uh, just took us out to their little, you know, nine hole course. And um, we, I, I was terrible at it. I, I was like, okay, I've thrown a Frisbee before. This is going to be fine. And it was not fine. Um, but then you know, we kind of, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was one day that we had fun and then we sort of kind of continued on with our lives. But then we ended up moving out to Colorado and then it was just sort of something that we picked up again and decided that it was really fun and got better and better. And then, yeah, it just sort of was something we did every single weekend. And luckily the Colorado scene is just really amazing and um yeah got got to be a part of some local clubs and that that's pretty much it it's it's awesome to hear that sort of just that snowballing love because i think um well it's it's a snowball but it's not it's it's not normally gradually over time normally it's a bug that just bites and then you start playing more and more and more and uh, me and dale are very aware of uh of that story um we had (laughs) cynthia ricciotti on last week and the, the reason she got into disc golf is because her school wouldn't let her play a real sport so they had to they had to play disc golf instead so uh, uh, I think the uh, I think the sport has come on maybe a little bit since then um so obviously you said that you found disc golf and you're playing more and more and more uh, and you mentioned in your intro just then that you've been touring since around 2018 I believe you were playing pro events slightly before that um Could you talk us through that yeah, that jump from sort of being amateurs, so we're the am side, so we're uh, always from an amateur perspective, <laughs> a jump from going from casual to, okay, I'm going to go out in the pro scene, I'm going to tour, I'm going to try and make a bit of cash, um, mm-hmm. sponsorships, what was, the, uh, what was that sort of crazy time like for you? Yeah, uh, so back in 2016, I actually played my first um, ever sanctioned event, and I signed up for REC rec women I didn't know what to expect I had been playing for a couple months you know a few months 
before that, but um, you know, I didn't really know what the, you know, the tournament scene was like. And so, um, yeah, signed up for Rec Women and ended up winning by a lot of strokes. And I actually would have won Advanced Women by a lot of strokes. So I, again, wow. I just, you know, I just didn't know. I didn't know that that was going to be, you know, what happened. And um, then I decided to make the jump up to advanced women, I, I completely skipped in, intermediate. And, uh, you know, I, I, I sort of have always been on the fast track. I found the sport when I was 26. So I, you know, knew I was a little older than some of the people who have been playing for a while. Um, and, you know, at that point, I didn't know that I wanted to make this my job, but um, for some reason, I just felt like I was always on the fast track. So I played advanced for pretty much the entire rest of 2016 and half of 2017 um and my goal was to make it to am worlds in 2017 and so um right before am worlds i played at the rocky mountain women's disc golf championships which is an event that happens only every couple of years um and or i think every two years and um I had met people like Valerie Jenkins and uh, Paige Pierce, who all came out to that event to play. Um, I was playing advanced women, and I actually ended up winning that event. That was probably my biggest win at that point. And, uh, you know, to do it kind of in front of those people like uh, Valerie and Paige uh, was really cool. I mean, they didn't see me play at all, but they, you know, were there at the award ceremony and kind of heard me speak. and. Um, right then Paige kind of took uh took note of me a little bit and she uh you know saw that I was well spoken and you know I was giving my my award speech and I didn't thank any sponsors because I didn't have any at that point and uh she was kind of surprised so I this is all something I found out after the fact <laughs> but uh then I went to Am Worlds and she was there she was there to support and you know support her teammates and then also kind of like scope out you know what other people were doing um and she put in a, a good word for me with uh with dynamic discs at that point that that's who she was sponsored by and um they presented me with a sponsorship right before i played the final nine because i had played well enough to wow. be in the top four <laughs> yeah um, they were kind of unsure if that was a good time or not, but at that at that point, you know, I was happy with top four, even you know if I you know completely botched that final nine. But uh, it ended up being fine, and I I took third, and uh, yeah, and then that was my first you know experience becoming sponsored, especially by a, a you know a big company, and uh, yeah, that was just a crazy like crazy time it kind of like everything worked out so well and like my timeline just sort of all fell into place and then um that really kind of kick-started my my pro career I I you know felt like I had a sponsorship so I went back to Colorado I played I think one more um amateur event and then I just sort of make made the leap to to pro um and I think it really actually helped me kind of get better quicker. I, you know, I don't know, everyone kind of has their own um, path. And I do think that it is helpful to stay an AM as long as possible, just to like feel it out. You know, you'll kind of get a, a gauge of, um, you know, your rating and how you are playing and, um, you know, you just sort of make that, those decisions. But for me, it was just like, again, I was just on the fast track. So um, 
yeah, I ended up playing the rest of the year in 2017 as a pro uh, in Colorado. I didn't do great, <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, it was fine. It, it, it kind of, you know, put all of my experiences, you know, I don't know, kind of showed me that, okay, I have stuff to work on. And uh, then I kind of started feeling like I wanted to try out the touring life. And I, again, it just kind of, yeah, it kind of snowballed from like just being pretty good in Colorado to like, I just want to do this for real <laughs> and on tour. And uh, yeah, looking back, it kind of sounds crazy, but you know, it's been awesome so far. Wow. What a story. <laughs> what a story. Yeah, I think, as you said, you, you was on that fast track. And if you if you think you've got it and you know you've got it, then why not? You know, right. why not take that leap and, and, and really push forward? I think that's why disc golf is, is such a good sport because, you know, pro golfers play golf from the age of five. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're playing every day. They're being pushed and pushed and pushed. You know, disc golfers, you know, Rob, if you want to go pro right now, crack on, mate. You know, Um <laughs> But it's like, you know, we're in exclusive sport and it's quality to get out there. There's so many, it's so accessible. And I think that's what makes FPO so good is that it is accessible. You know, mm -hmm. you know, Symphony's been able to leave, you know, school and go touring. You know, not many sports you can say you can go and make a living. Um, I do think that coming forward, we might start seeing that sort of Q school um, that yeah. you have in, you know, the PGA where you have to qualify to get on tour. Right. And I don't think that's, that's such a bad thing. Um, I think that there is that there needs to be that standard. Um, mm -hmm. The question I've had is you said you were with Dynamic Discs. Um, what made that decision to go to Discraft? Was it Paige? Uh, it was a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, you know, I had, um, so I had been with Dynamic Discs for the, you know, since 2017 but I, I went on tour in 20 in June of 2018 um and was with Dynamic Discs and you know I was really nobody so the support level wasn't you know what many of the touring professionals usually get um and I understood that you know I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna you know they weren't gonna throw a bunch of money money at me and then you know see what I do <laughs> so um you know, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. And especially if you're not cashing consistently, I mean, that's like, at that point, that was like my main income other than, um, you know, trying to sell discs or whatever. So anyway, I uh, ended up seeing, ended up being able to kind of work out uh, a way to even go on tour again in 2019. I was still with Dynamic Discs. And um, again, the support was a little bit, uh, a little bit lower than I think I needed to be able to really make it out there on tour. But again, I didn't, you know, 2018 wasn't, I didn't have a great, you know, six months on tour. It was just sort of like getting my feet wet and getting my name out there. But then 2019 was like the real, you know, first year of doing it um, for real. And uh, it was really hard. And so I, I worked it out. I, I won a bunch of A tiers which were sort of my, you know, claim to fame in 2019. And um, then I won the 2019 World Putting Championship. Uh, and um, so that sort of like really solidified me as like somebody who can do it and, and it, I'm serious about it. And so once, once the end of 2019 came around, I kind of um, 
I kind of had a better idea of what what I was worth. And so, um, you know, it. I was fortunate enough to have a few offers out on the table for me. And, um, you know, at that point, I, I took what was best. And and it helped that Paige had moved over to, to Discraft because obviously we had formed a really nice relationship. Um, and, you know, she was just, she had nothing but positive things to say about her process. And we are definitely different caliber players, but, um, you know, she has so many accolades and, um, you know, any company would be lucky to have her, but, uh, you know, she definitely vouched for me again, um, because she knew how serious I was about doing this for real and how much work I, I put in. And, um, you know, she knew that I, I deserved a certain standard, um, to, to do this for real. And, um, yeah, it was just a, a combination of a lot of things. I mean, um, support and, you know, having friends on, on the team and just, you know, kind of having a better idea of what I, what I needed and what I think I deserve. Awesome. And, I, and uh, you have got probably one of the scariest uh, uh, tour series discs on Discraft. Uh, it's a I know uh, Brian Hayhart has got a bear. Yeah, you got a meteor. You got the zombie, the Undertaker. Yeah. Um, which is uh, such a cool graphic, especially the new tour series Undertakers. Um, could you sort of tell us sort of why the Undertaker? Yeah. Um, uh, what 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 do you love about that disc? And maybe a little bit of the sort of the input you had uh, around sort of picking that disc. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I honestly, um, you know, part of my my contract in 2020 was it was a tour series disc and that was something that was so new to me i had never had one before um and honestly that was one of the biggest factors in me moving over to discraft is you know that that to me a tour series disc just feels like the next step to like legitimize you as a as a touring professional um you know everyone has one that's like you know a, a big name in in the sport so um I was so excited and uh, they basically just gave me a list of available molds and The Undertaker was one of them. And when I had decided, when I was in the process of deciding which sponsor I wanted to go to, you know, The Undertaker really stood out to me as a disc that I was going to a lot, especially in the Northeast, in the woods, because um, that's where I was back in New York at that point. Um, it just felt like a disc that I was reaching for a lot. And so when I found out that it was available, I was not only like, yes, that's what I want, but they were like, that's a really good choice <laughs> because it's just such a popular disc. And um, so it, honestly, it couldn't have worked out any better. I, I, I'm so fortunate that that was even available and I'm still surprised that it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I think it just made sense. It just it just felt right. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> well, I, I, I have an admission to make. Um, so when we started this podcast, I only had one Discraft mold in my bag, and that was a roach, and that's all I parted with. Um, and then one of the um, one of the first uh, the first team uh, first interviews we had on the show was uh, was one of your teammates, Vanessa Van Dyken, and we spoke about the meteor. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dale sort of twisted my arm, and Vanessa talking about the meteor. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give the meteor a go, and I I, mm -hmm. I gave it a go, and now I've got two in my bag. Um, and then a, yeah. a little spoiler coming up because we haven't released uh, released the episode yet. But we spoke to Brian Earhart uh, again. Never thrown right. a zone. Chatted to, chatted to <laughs> Brian and talked to Dale. I've now got a zone in my bag, and it's my go-to approach. Yep. 
now i've yep. never i've never thrown an undertaker but um okay. <laughs> I, so but but i i, I mean listeners can already see where this pattern is going dale can see it i'm sure you can i'm sure within the next couple of weeks or months i will have an undertaker and you know what i can guarantee <laughs> it will be one of my favorite discs because it just seems to be the case of whenever <laughs> i get told when i ever chat to a tour a tour series pro and they talk about the disc it always just seems to be one of my favorites immediately so there's obviously a reason uh, a reason you guys are throwing them yeah and i i bag i have two meteors and i have two zones or i have a zone in my bag so i mean yeah both of the both of their discs are, are definitely staples in my bag as well yeah i think the undertaker is one of those discs you know it, it is a pick up and throw um i think even as a, an amateur coming into the sport the flight numbers are realistic and you can throw them mm -hmm. and um, it, it's that next step to throw in that higher speed disc, you know, being at nine speeds. Um, Rob, I think you'll probably like it because you like a leopard, you know, from what you've said, it's that, it is that next yeah. step up from a leopard, you know, it's that nine speed leopard mm -hmm. and you, you absolutely bomb that. So I have no doubt that you will love it. No, you said it's yeah. a, a pick up and throw. Now the listeners won't know, but I have it on good authority. But when you throw a titanium undertaker, it's a pick up throw and get me to take it down from the tree. It's just got stuck in. <laughs> that would be true. <laughs> Missy, moving on from your undertaker, um, one thing you me mentioned previous um, is about putting, about how you've seen you um, got the world putting champion. What mm -hmm. what do you do, and and what what makes you so good at putting? Basically, I want you to tell us a secret and, and, and how you do it. <laughs> I wish I had one secret, but um, I would say that honestly, I one thing that I've noticed is that I, I haven't really changed my putting style since I was even an amateur. I mean, I'm sure it was a little different, you know, back when I first started, but um, I really have kind of stuck with what felt comfortable and honestly just really kind of changed maybe the angle at which I you know release it but um because I feel like whenever we first start uh learning how to putt it's like super hyzer like and it just sort of comes out a little weak um so honestly it was like everything is really stayed the same other than I've kind of gotten the feel for you know the angle uh that I need to release the putter on but um also kind of a personal thing is that I've always kind of been good at accuracy things um, and you know not something that I've ever practiced you know I'll go and play darts and I feel like I can kind of I, I was always able to you know aim really well and uh, you know I play it just for fun every once in a while um, and uh, you know in I played softball and I played volleyball and those are all sports that I grew up playing but I've always felt like I could really just use that uh accuracy thing to my advantage in a lot of the other sports that I've played I played basketball and I was one of the primary three-point shooters and um I don't know I think it's always just been a thing where like if I have to focus in on uh, any sort of target um I've always been really good at at being able to hit that target um but I would say for anyone else just getting in the reps and um not being afraid of you know the comebacker or you know just kind of if you're thinking about going past the basket then you're not going to make it into the basket so you have to really focus on the target and just 
try to really get tunnel vision and um, just keep getting those reps in. Uh, you know, I, I, at this point, I don't even have to practice putt that often because it's just so ingrained in, in me. And, um, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, I don't, I don't <laughs> practice, but, uh, you know, because I don't want that, to, that, that's not true. Um, but, uh, you know, it's because I put in the work before and now it's just complete muscle memory. Um, so, yeah, just get in the reps, do what feels comfortable and you know try not to change your putt up all that often try to really learn your putt um and and yeah i think it'll all just kind of fall into place but everyone knows the other way to get really good at disc golf is not to practice but just keep buying discs until you're good at disc golf right so um exactly so yes. uh, change your putter because that's why you're not making your putt exactly so 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 what um what putter do you use and maybe our listeners can go out and buy 10 more of them to maybe make them sure. the world champion <laughs> yeah i i putt with the challenger ss um so a lot of people are like oh yeah the challenger and i'm like no there is like a a slightly less, you know, stable version of the Challenger. Um, so it is the Challenger SS. It's like pretty, it feels really good in the hand. It's pretty like low profile. At least that's what it feels like to me. Um, there's no bead. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just a very straight flying um, putter. And uh, I, I will actually have my own Challenger SS coming out. Exclusive. Um, so, yeah, so uh, I don't know when. It's definitely being prioritized now that the, um, you know, Discraft and all everybody is able to kind of like get back on track with their production, being that they got swamped last year. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be exciting. And uh, I'll just kind of leave it at that. But um, so, yeah, definitely go and try a Challenger SS, but know that there will be some special ones coming out soonish. <laughs> so, so talking about sort of a maybe show exclusive a question that i've had uh, for a while when talking to um especially a disc a disc graph pros there's some discs that are so popular uh, and and so many pros throw throw them that they haven't got they, they haven't been sort of <laughs> core series yet so i i throw the roach i have the roach in five different plastics i use it for most shots <laughs> But I'm surprised that there isn't, obviously, that um, Earhart has his sort of his stamped and, and, and various pros have their stamps on a roach. But why are there such popular discs that haven't been picked up as sort of, oh, that's the Taurus series disc? Are some of them off bounds or is, uh, is there something that we're not knowing? I feel like anybody could pick a putter. I mean, uh, I, I, that is kind of interesting to think why, you know, there aren't more putters being chosen because I feel like a lot of mid ranges are out there. Um, you know, a few fairways. I know myself and Haley King have some fairway drivers. Um, and then, you know, Paige has her name on a bunch of different ones, but now she has her, her fierce, which is her disc. So, I mean, it makes sense that she is going to have that as her tour series now. Um, but you know, previously she had the buzz. So, um, I don't, I mean, not that I'm aware of, I don't think that there are anything, there's anything off limits. I mean, obviously I can't choose the Zeus because that's Paul's, you know, own line. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that, that a, a putter would be a good choice, but I wonder if it's because um, we will be getting 
some sort of custom putters. And so it's kind of like we're getting two tour series discs in a way. Cool. Um, so I wonder if that was just the choice. I wasn't sure if it was like, uh, you, like world champion means you can have a putter. So obviously Paige is a fierce pop, mm. Lunas. It was like, but no one gets a putter. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that was the case, but, uh, but so clearly there's maybe still a mystery or yeah, maybe, not that I'm gonna... uh, maybe no one's yeah. speak the roach. I think with Discraft, yeah. <laughs> Missy, correct me if I'm wrong, if you get a world championship, you get to design your own disc. Is that right? It feels like that. I don't know that that's like specifically true, um, but um, you know, I think that that was just something that, like a Paul and a Page, kind of worked into their contract. You know, they they both have five world championships, and it makes sense that you know Paul Paul is building his own pretty much brand within Discraft, and then. Paige is kind of doing the same thing. I mean, she was able to, you know, construct the fierce from top to bottom. So, um, and then she was able to put her name on four or five other molds, um, you know, kind of to correlate with the number of world championships she she's earned. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe if I win this year, I can see if that's something I can work in there. <laughs> I'm definitely going to add the Challenger SS onto my long list of putters that I've tried. Um, I had a breakdown <laughs> approximately two months ago. I sat to Rob, I was like, I'm done with Lunas. I'm getting something else. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> um, so I bought five magnets, um, but I cancelled the order. I was like, right, I need to, I need to crack on with Lunas. But uh, do you know, Challenger, so Challenger SS is definitely something I have seen before. And um, when I see your mm-hmm. name on one of them, I'll, I'll definitely see if I can put one in my bag. Cool, cool. You should. <laughs> so, so we've, we've spoken about um, world championships, obviously world putting champion. I mean, uh, we're just honoured that you'd sit down with us, but also uh, talking about uh, Paige and Paul and their world championships. But let's come, I mean, not closer to home for us by any means, but closer to home for you. Um, we've just had the USWDGC, uh, which is the biggest mouthful, and just I've had to practice saying that uh, for, for this podcast. <laughs> um, just congratulations for for placing so well. Um, I think uh, between you. myself and Dale, we I'm pretty sure we picked the top five. We we guessed because um, uh, nice. uh, we're um, yeah Dale, Dale, Dale uh, sort of made the good point that p- putting wins uh, putting wins tournaments. So so yeah. uh, he I mean you're 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 normally up there uh, with the top. Um, <laughs> We uh, during, we are in FBO month, and we want to talk about a topic that's FBO specific. And I think um, we ha- we actually changed the topic last minute for this because, unfortunately, there was slight controversy around the beginning of uh, of uh, last weekend's uh, tournament and event, and we we did discuss it on on um, on on last week's show. Um, but so the topic mm. I kind of wanted to explore was that um, was closing courses or preparation for events that the FPO don't necessarily might not get, but an MPO do. Um, and uh, how would you like to see maybe uh, maybe the sort of the FPO game evolve to either be closer to the MPO or be different to the MPO, but allow mm. you guys to perform as well as you can? Because we know that uh, uh, sort of looking on socials, some people did feel like their game was affected because they couldn't really get a, yeah. a proper practice in or uh, really prepare the way that you I mean let's just say what it is top class athletes that are the best of the mm-hmm. game um, need to mm-hmm. the way you need to prepare yeah I, you know I do I I definitely had concerns um, with the way that I feel like the U.S. women's championships 
have always been run. This is my third one. Um, so uh, it's, I've kind of been able to see year after year after year kind of what has been lacking, you know, what's been really great. Uh, but honestly, I personally felt like my preparation uh, that I was underprepared, completely underprepared. And I think that not only is because uh, I had three courses to practice, um, they, they were not closed down, uh, at least not even, you know, the, the week prior or the week of, I suppose, um, you know, so that, that was really hard when you're trying to get as many practice rounds in as you can. And then as you, you know, you have to kind of keep in mind that you're, you know, you have to physically, it takes a toll, it takes a toll on you, <clears throat> excuse me. And it was just, it, it definitely felt like things weren't thought out. Uh, and the biggest, the biggest thing to me was that, um, you know, they, because it was unfortunately canceled last year, it was held at the same, uh, at the same venues. So they kind of had two years to, to figure this stuff out. And um, that sort of just was a disappointment in the sense that there were still things that were overlooked or, you know, I was told that there was a communication breakdown when it came to, um, you know, having the courses closed prior to the event. Um, and that just felt like, it felt weird to me. I, I didn't understand how that could have happened. Um, and I'm a very flexible person. Usually it, it takes a lot to kind of uh, un annoy me or, you know, I, I usually am able to roll with the punches just fine. Um, but once when it happens year after year it sort of gets to a point where you're like okay <laughs> let's let's try to big come together and figure out how we can make this better um and and it does go back to kind of looking at the comparison between usdgc and uswdgc in if you look at them side by side they should be kind of the same thing, right? They had they happen at different points in the year, but um, as far as all of their other, you know, similarities, they're both majors, um, they're both US championships. And, you know, then you start looking at the disparities between the two. And that's where that's where it feels like you can tell that the the US women sort of falls short in in the way it's presented, in the way it feels. Um, and in years past, you know, our fields were pretty small and I kind of, it was easier to say, okay, we need, we need all of these divisions at the same venues. We need to use multiple courses. We just don't have the numbers to sort of justify having a completely separate event for just, you know, the FPO division. Um, and so that, you know, that made sense in years past, but now that we're growing, you know, we had 62 women in our division in the FPO. Um, and to me, that feels, feels like kind of a lot. I mean, we maybe used to only get like 30. Um, so I do feel like there, we're starting to see that there's justification for maybe having a separate, um, separate major. Uh, and we love being there. We love seeing all of the, the amateur women. We, we love that they can come out and some, some of them were able to watch some of their, some of the divisions played at the same time as us. So that kind of felt 
weird that you know these junior i heard you know a few junior girls couldn't even come watch us because they were playing at the same exact time at a different course and so that was a little like disappointing um but uh and i'm sure they felt the same way but um at least one of the mothers felt the same way <laughs> so who spoke to me <laughs> so um yeah i just think that it it my i think for me a major should probably be four rounds at least. Um, I think that a maximum of two courses. And then I feel like it, it should be taken into consideration what events are, are before it. Um, you know, a lot of us prioritize disc golf pro tour events because one, they're, you know, completely setting the bar and the new standard of how things should be run and payouts. And, um, you know, it, it takes a lot for us to, to, for us pros to be like, oh yeah, well, no, we're just going to skip, you know, a disc golf pro tour event because it's kind of worth a lot and it's hard to make that decision. And so, yes, of course, all, all of us could have skipped OTB open, but, um, we we didn't we didn't want to i mean it was it's hard to say yeah i'm gonna skip that um and so then coming off of that weekend and then only having monday tuesday uh wednesday and thursday sounds like a lot but for three courses a lot of us usually like to get at least two rounds in um two practice rounds in to really dial in a course but um it it felt like we just didn't have that time and then with just a bunch of uh a bunch of other people it's okay if there were other women playing because they're playing the event but you know we had big groups of of guys just kind of playing the courses and um they a lot of people i heard didn't even know that there was like an event going on <laughs> so to me it just feels like if it's a major the whole town should know <laughs> you know and maybe that's maybe that's more than uh you know more that's asking a lot but um it just felt like you know you see we're at Jonesboro and there's billboards with Jonesboro open, you know, they literally rented out billboard space to like promote that the Jonesboro open was happening. And so like, that's just, that's just really cool. And, or you go to GBO or DDO and there's signs everywhere on every hotel that says, you know, welcome disc golfers, blah, blah, blah. blah. So um, it just feels like, you know, the more people should have known that there was an event going on and maybe, more should have been done to kind of cater to all of us being there, not even just the FPO, but just like try to help us out a little bit, you know, to, to make it the most smooth week as possible. I, it's it's crazy to me because uh, disc golf is still quite a small community. So you'd think that if you played disc golf, you would know that the sort of the women's national championships were going to happen in your home course. It's <laughs> right. bizarre, but I think you, right. um, but I, th I think what you've said there is, is, uh, is really how a lot of people are feeling and i, I and I, i'm hoping that because we're seeing a huge boom in the fpo like so many more females are joining the sport mm -hmm. maybe this year is just the year where it was a little bit i mean coming off pandemic it was piled up we've got a lot more people right. join maybe we'll give there is maybe there is the benefit of the doubt and maybe there was they were overwhelmed but and uh, mm -hmm. but i think a lot of the sort of the media and sort of the pressure i know a lot of people in the npr have been really supportive as well brian Ehar, he's uh, he's put his mm -hmm. uh, he hasn't held back on how he feels uh, towards the situation right. on Instagram. Um, I'm hoping that uh, this is a one-off. And, and uh, like you said, you've played the last few years and it's, there have been, have been disappointments. But 
I feel like, uh, I mean, the reason we're doing an FPO month uh, is to sort of just sort of show how incredible uh, that side of the sport is. Uh, it is growing. So um, fingers crossed next year, there will be billboards there. There'll be a week of <laughs> a week of uh, a clear course. Um, because I'm excited to see if uh, if you are performing that well and being underprepared. <laughs> I, 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 Mr. Gannon next year is going to be unstoppable day. I'm telling you that. <laughs> yes, <right now>. absolutely. <laughs> yeah you know it just felt like the the courses themselves weren't weren't extremely difficult um which is another topic in and of itself i think that our our level of play has um you could see it just week over week you know there's there's fluctuation at the top all the time now because everyone's just getting so much better and they're realizing you know what they need to do to to you know place in the top and so um, I think that just for the fact that our we're able to play at such a higher level now, you know, we we need to play on courses that sort of highlight that. And you know, obviously, you could see people struggled this week, um, and that could be for a number of different things, like like we were talking about being underprepared, or you know, just maybe feeling the pressure of like, okay, a lot of these holes are birdieable and you know it almost felt sometimes like birdie or die and that does pose its own challenges um mentally i think the most um like okay if i miss this birdie you know i'm losing a stroke to everybody you know and maybe that's maybe that's a little overblown but it feels like that and that that definitely takes a toll on on your um on your mental game but and that's part of it that you know that is part of of competing is being able to overcome those things but um you know what all i'm trying to say is that i think that i think that we could have had more par fours you know like really show how to play a, a whole uh, you know all together and, and having those par fours where you have to have two solid shots to give yourself a birdie opportunity those are those to me are the most exciting you know holes to to watch sometimes you know i don't want I don't want to try to, you know, see an ace run every, every hole or something like that. But um, I think, yeah, I think that, you know, we should be playing on really high caliber courses. And I think the biggest um, issue with U.S. women's, one of the bigger issues with U.S. women's is that the courses have to kind of cater to a lot of different divisions and a lot of different skill levels if we're all going to be playing the same courses. So, um, you know, I don't know if that's what the PDGA takes into consideration when they go visit the, the courses and sort of vet, vet them. It's like, okay, is this going to work for, you know, FJ18 and FPO? You know, we shouldn't even really be playing the same courses sometimes because that just doesn't seem right. Um, so. Uh, whether or not they're going to be too hard for the juniors or too easy for FPO. I don't know. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we're going through a lot of growing pains and um, we're, it, 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 it's not going to be the end of the growing pains, but we have been reassured that um, the host for next year in, I believe, Michigan or Wisconsin, Wisconsin, maybe. <laughs> I don't even know, but um that they, you know, they're, they're trying to implement some of the feedback that they got from us this year to hopefully, you know, make it a, a more a pleasant experience next year. 
Yes, I, I think so that's... you make some really, really good points. And um, I really do hope that they listen to you and they listen to everyone on that FPO side and, and, and do implement those things. Now, mm-hmm. Missy, every guest that comes on um, our show basically doesn't get to escape my questions. Um, I've got a, <laughs> a, a few quick fire questions just to, okay. just to get to know you a bit more and get to know what you like on tour. So, okay. first question is um, you're, playing, um, you're playing around this golf. It's yourself and three other people. Who are you choosing, those three people? Anyone you want. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyone I want. Well, I'm going to stick with the women because I, I, that's what I want to do. But, um, you know, Paige Pierce, uh, I would say uh, owns Doggins and uh, Callie McMorrin. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, they're just, they're really fun people and you know it's just it's gonna be a good time with those people. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have fun there. <laughs> um yeah. next question. What is your favorite tournament you look forward to every single year? Uh I would say I'd say either MVP or Idlewild. Nice. Both great courses. <laughs> Yeah. Both great courses. <laughs> and then opposite, what is one one tournament or course you don't look forward to playing with because it's you know it's a horrible memory in your mind or it's just something you don't enjoy playing? <laughs> um okay. I mean it's not because of the courses, honestly, but uh Nashville, I I experienced chiggers, which are these terrible little microscopic like mites that leave welts all over your body and they're super itchy and so uh you know nothing against the tournament at all but just that area has left a scar in my brain for just being like what are these things and to find out that they're like something you can't do anything about has like i'm yeah they're on my list of like ticks and chiggers are like <laughs> my enemy <laughs> fair enough i like it and then um what's one hole uh every year one hole in one particular course you're like i do not look forward to playing this hole <laughs> oh uh gosh i don't know probably anything with like water <laughs> i feel like I, I like i feel like i like hole 16 at Emporia Country Club um because it's just like all right it's this is like you know now or never you're either going to get a two or a four pretty much um but you know you just you're almost either if you don't land the island you're going to lose a disc and that's like a a double whammy if you're going to get a bogey and you're going to lose a disc so it's kind of one of those love-hate relationships with that hole (laughs) (laughs) brilliant absolutely brilliant (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I always dislike the, my the, my worst hole, no matter where I'm playing, is always the first hole because for some reason, when I'm playing a tournament, I always get really nervous and shaky on my on the first drive and the first putt, sure. and then I'm fine. So yeah. I, I'm always as soon as the first one's out of the way, then we're good to go. Um, I love your yeah. um, I love your card choice as well because I I I, I feel like uh, you and Own that's going to get competitive on the putting green because she is also <laughs> yeah. an incredible putter. So I think you'll be long putting each other and that'd be just a great round to sort of be a, a fly on the wall for. Um, yeah. So normally it's, it's down to me to then bring the tone of the, uh, the interview down uh, because I always have okay. a question which uh, normally brings bad <laughs> memories back to you guys. Um, okay. But it's a, a huge part of disc golf and, and you mentioned it seconds ago is losing discs. 
Now, um, mm-hmm. it's it can be it can be devastating, it can be heart wrenching, or it can be fine if you don't really care about the disc too much. But can you tell yeah. a, a quick story about a time that you've 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 lost a disc, and was it was it your fault? Was it just a stupid throw, or just was it through no fault of your own? It should never have been lost. Like uh, I know Vanessa was furious that she lost hers. Yeah, um, actually, it happened recently. It happened at DDO. It was a really windy practice round. And I, it was, um, I think it was at Jones Gold. So it was kind of a new course to me. I'd never played it fully before. Um, and uh, I feel like it was like hole five or something where you just have to like throw up to the, as far as you can. And then there's a pond and it goes to that elevated basket with some um, like uh, paver stones around the bottom. And I had thrown the second or third shot. I can't remember, but um and I, I landed safe. It wasn't, you know, close. It was going to be a circle two putt, but um, again, it was a practice round, so whatever. Um, and I could have just left it at that and, you know, not tried to throw something else. And I'm not one to usually have discs that I can't replace in my bag because of that reason. But unfortunately, I did have this really domey, um, like pop top thrasher and if you don't know, thrashers are like my go-to distance driver. I throw them every single hole. Um, but I was like, you know, this is this is overstable enough. It's gonna, you know, hold up fine. I can get it into circle, into the circle one. Um, so I threw it and it just flipped up, flipped over and went straight in the middle of the pond. And that was probably the only time that I could physically feel myself just like die a little bit inside (laughs) um because I just I had never found anything like it before and it was probably just a really you know strange run of them or maybe it was just one that came out that way I don't know um but I have not been able to replace it since I I've I've rummaged through you know people's uh discs and like at OTB I rummaged through all their thrashers um and I still haven't found a replacement so that was the one time recently even that I just was kind of I was pretty sad about about that one (laughs) but it was my fault I should not have thrown another one I already made it over in balance I it was a practice round it was way too windy to try again and yeah, my fault. <laughs> it's always the second shot. It's always that, oh, I'll just throw one more. And that's always the one that gets lost. Yeah. Or it's always the disc yeah. that it just it performs nowhere near. It's either like you throw a stable disc and it flips over and gets lost, or the opposite. My I I just right. lost a leopard three and I threw it out of the hand and mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't flip at all, which it was my flippy disc. <laughs> and it just went stable into oh, the water. No. So uh, it's all always oh. the case and always the way. But um <laughs> sorry, sorry to uh, you, you had to relive that moment <laughs> okay. again. Fine. <laughs> um, so, Missy, thank you so much for joining us. That's that. That's that's sort of the last question. That's the way we we end these chats. Um, I did want to uh, bring it back just really quickly uh, to something you said right at the beginning of the interview. And I think uh, we are an amateur podcast. And something that I think is a really great takeaway from anyone listening is that you mentioned that when you started playing, your goal was not to win amateur worlds, but just to go to amateur worlds. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think that's uh, that's really great. I think people starting off and playing in amateur divisions, setting setting sort of events to go to. So that's kind of what I'm doing. I I play MA3, 
and I'm hoping to get mm -hmm. enough points in the British uh, British tour this year to just just to go to British Championships, just to uh, just to see, uh, just to obviously experience what that's like. And obviously, to get yeah. there, I need to perform a certain way or go to as many events as I can. Um, so I think that's really great. I think not saying I need to go to this tournament and win this tournament, but just saying I want to set a goal which is very achievable, which is just just to get somewhere, not to win anything or get this yeah. thing or this many points or this score, but I just want to get there. Um, I think that's a really great way to yeah. sort of visualize uh, moving forward within disc golf. And I just want to sort of come back to that and uh, uh, make sure our listeners sort of maybe hear that as a slight lesson and to proof that it works. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, a lot of people like when they get when they go to Am Worlds, at least here in the U.S. It's um, you know, it's for me, it was yeah. I just wanted to get there. I wanted to see how I did against a much larger uh, field of people that are from all across the country, um, and I pretty much knew I wasn't going to go back. I wasn't. I and that and some people like to go back year after year and try to get that title. Um, but, but like I said, I've been on the fast track and it was just like, I, I, you know, I honestly, I did really well. I did way, I did way better than I expected to do. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's basically, yeah, just setting your own, uh, expectations, but trying, trying not to, um, trying not to feel bad about yourself if you don't perform the way you, you wanted to, or, you know, just going there and, and having fun and being loose and, just knowing that you can do it and um, just try to execute your shots the best you can and just staying positive because it's going to be one of the coolest experiences you have and you just have to live in it and, and have fun and, uh, and it'll all come, come into play, it come into place if, uh, if you're just there with uh, an open mind and, and a positive attitude. Incredible, incredible. Well, um, as I said, that's uh, that's kind of brought us to uh, the end of uh, end of the interview. Um, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Um, shout out your socials. Obviously, you've shouted out that you've got a, a Challenger SS coming out, and uh, we'll leave it at yeah. that. Coming from you, but please use this time to promote or just say anything you want to say. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. Thank you all for listening and. Um, you know, you can follow me on Instagram uh, at Missy underscore disc golf. Um, that's kind of where I post the most and about, you know, my tournament re recaps and, and all of that. And um, you can also follow me on Facebook at uh, Missy disc golf. It's my professional page. It's kind of not as I don't use it as much, but um, so definitely check out Instagram. And yeah, I mean, if you come across a Missy Gannon undertaker or you know anything like that just pick it up because it, it could be from your local retailer it could be from anywhere um you know it, it all supports me so um yeah that's a really great way to uh you know support me and then um obviously big shout out to discraft and um grip equipment is my bag sponsor so again if you support any of my sponsors it it supports me indirectly um and then whale sacks and then also uh um, OTB discs, you know, really great retailer. I don't know what kind of shipping methods they have, if they have um, international or not, but, um, you know, yeah, if you ever find yourself maybe in the US and they, and, you know, you want to pick something up from them, you can. So, yeah. 
incredible and we've come full circle because you mentioned the story at the beginning where you were uh, doing your acceptance speech and Paige was surprised that you had no sponsors and now you've just given an incredible <laughs> list uh, of people Yay. that are out supporting you so um, it's so great mm-hmm. to see that you've got that support now and yeah to our mm-hmm. listeners make sure you go and uh, follow those links follow on socials and uh, yeah support support uh, support Missy's sponsors. Um, but until next time we have you uh, have you on the show we hope to get you back in the future um, we always yeah. say to all of our guests after you've won um, after you've won Worlds this year you have to promise to come back on <laughs> um, I think at this point we I think we're probably going to have about 20 world champions this year so uh, <laughs> but, but you know what we uh, we just love disc golf and we, we want everyone to win I know it's a very uh, parent way to, to look at it you know everyone's a winner if they're having fun. but um yeah. right exactly <laughs> but um yeah we, we uh we wish you the best with the uh the rest of tour uh, and we hope you, uh, you. and we, we have no doubt that you're going to be uh finishing up there in the top spots for the rest of the season thank you so much thanks for having me today Missy Gannon there, uh, guys. What an awesome person to chat to. Uh, I know she's inspired me to go and do 100 putts immediately after this show and uh, just get rhythm and get practice because I'm the kind of person that practices to get better. But you may have seen, if you if you uh, follow various uh, buy it sites on Facebook here in the UK, that Dale, after chatting to Missy, immediately asked if anyone had any Challenger SSs for sale. So uh, clearly there's the two sides of... Uh, disc golf improvement in one podcast well if the world pattern champion is saying that she is patterned with challenger ss why would i not putt with challenger ss so i've got two on the way i'm very excited to try them um and who knows if anyone wants to buy some lunars let me know <laughs> but it, i don't think it works quite like that if uh, if ronnie o'sullivan gave me his cue i wouldn't be any better at snooker that's for certain <laughs> that is completely different that is one piece of wood that does not change a putter changes flight numbers change you're right so one, i'm one, sorry i'm not letting you have that <laughs> one piece of wood but there's one bit of round plastic solar <laughs> opposites anyway we digress um dale we have the portland open this weekend um sponsored by dynamic discs everyone is out there stacked is not the word you name a player they're there um who have you got fpo mpo shoot uh, FPO, I'm going to go with Katrina Allen. Um, I think that, you know, she's going to, she's bounced for two page wins now. Um, and I think she's going to be thinking, you know, I can't be having this. I need to get out there and, uh, and show that I can do it as well. So Katrina Allen and then Port Beth for taking down the MPO because he hasn't had a win in a, wh- in a bit. And um, I think he's going to be a bit ag about that. Oh, oh, sorry, I, 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 I fell asleep there. Did I, I assumed you picked Paul McBeth. Um, I normally switch off uh, your predictions because uh, it's always the same over on the MPO. Actually, no, you've, you've, you've had some different uh, ones over the last couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, Paul, Paul may, be, uh, may be looking for a win. Um, myself, I'm going to FPO first. It's a toss-up. I really want to say Hayley King. I think she's having a fantastic season. She's proved that she's having a fantastic season. Um is there one else? Uh, yeah, it's, it's between her and Katrina Allen. You know what? To make things interesting, I am going to go Hayley King. Um, I think she's an exceptional player and just proving that she can do it as well as anyone else out there on the MPO or the FPO. Um, the For the MPO, slightly harder. I don't want to say I'm losing faith, but I'm not going to go Heimberg this week. I think uh, I think he he's putting in the work. He's going to be up there. 
but I'm going to say, I'm going to say Waisaki. You know what? Because I, 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 I want him to have a run at the world title this year. I would love to uh, see him snag a, uh, his third. Um, and so I'm going to start believing from this point onwards until we hit Worlds. Nice. I think there's solid predictions. Look forward to seeing how we get on. Um, you know, it's, I'm looking forward to the Portland swing. Um, everyone always looks forward to it. When we talk to the guests, they always look forward to that sort of Portland um, run. So, yeah, it should be, should be another good week of disc golf. Yeah, and uh, look forward to watching that live on coverage. Um, but before we go this week, another huge shout out to the sponsors of the show. So uh, let's start with Throw Pink again. Uh, obviously, they're supporting us through the uh, through the month, through its FPO month that we're having. Um, check out our socials for loads of giveaways because they've got so many goodies that they're giving uh, to you guys just for listening to a podcast for an hour. You know, what a good deal that is. So uh, make sure you go check them out and thank you again to them. Uh, and then obviously got to talk about discub.co.uk uh, for all of your new plastic. They're constantly restocking, especially now we're sort of in the heart of disc golf season. COVID is, uh, COVID is sort of, I'm not going to say disappearing, I'm not going to jinx it, but discs seem to be getting into the UK slightly easier. So they're getting more and more stock to choose from. And uh, you, know, you know what? They're also selling out of discs quite quickly because, uh, because, because people were, are looking for discs everywhere and they've got a great selection to choose from so make sure you keep checking on what they have uh, on offer uh, and uh, pick yourself up something hopefully nice and shiny uh, also you've got to gear yourself up for the tournaments coming up so we're, we're again like i said well in the tournament season you've got to look good while doing it so make sure you check out backhand disc golf um, and at backhand-discgolf.co.uk uh, and see what they have Again, to offer, get yourself looking good out on the course. Uh, just quickly with uh, discub.co.uk, use our code AMSIDE5. And for backhand, use our code AMSIDE10 uh, to get yourself 5 and 10% off, respectively. And uh, make sure you go through any of the links on our website as well to, uh, to help us out. Yes, and talking about with Fro Pink, obviously the giveaway. Um, this podcast comes out on Wednesday. The first giveaway is being announced on Thursday, the 3rd of um, June. So if you haven't got in, you've still got a little bit of time. If you're listening to in the future, then you know I'm sure we've got more giveaways coming and just keep an eye on our socials. But um, yeah, we've got four fantastic giveaways this month, so cannot wait to, to get them out there. But check us out on all of our social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all at the Amside Podcast. Um, make sure you give us a like, a follow, um, and subscribe. And if you're listening on all of your major platforms and it lets you, why not give us a, a little five-star review on there? Um, we love reading your comments. Um, it really does help us. And special recognition to our Japanese listeners, as this week we hit uh, number five in sports news in Japan, which is absolutely crazy. Never in a million years did I think that would happen, would it, Rob? No, uh, I, I can now finally use the saying, I've, I've hit it big in Japan, which is uh, something that I've aspired to for the last 27 years of existence. Um, the, the uh, I, I, w I will just say, um, look out for some a little bit of bonus content as well. We'll be announcing a little bit of bonus content on uh, on uh, Instagram as well. So, uh, and make sure if you have reviewed the podcast, you've got your mum's account, you've got your dad's account, you've got your nan's account. You know, log in on these people and show us so much love because we're trying to do this to get content uh, out for you guys. So, uh, make sure you uh, make sure you get on it. Yes, well, until next week, guys, if we don't see you on the course, we'll see you on the AM side.